0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Saturday, December 11th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Josh Crash Davis, ready for the Week 14 NFL main slate. Coming off a strong Week 13, Josh, with our predictions and our fantasy lineups, are you ready to to run it back again here this week?
1: Yeah, definitely ready to do that. You know, we had the the talking about our predictions. We had the one prediction with Tom Brady Uh, where I said he would get three touchdowns and throw one touchdown, at least one touchdown to someone not named Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or Robert Gronkowski, and he got four touchdowns, and he threw a touchdown to Fournette and a touchdown to Cameron Bray. So that was pretty cool to see that play out.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. And out of your four predictions, you got basically three and a half of them right. I was two and two, but most importantly, our lineups really did well Uh, We had that Brady-Godwin to connection, and he just Mm -hmm. went off. We had Minshew in some GPP lineups. So really strong week, happy for the members. And let's see if we can do it again here. We're once again going to hit the four highest totals on the slate as we break down the key games in Week 14. We've had a lot of success with that in recent weeks, zeroing in on those high totals, really breaking down the matchups position by position. So let's do it again here. The game's uh, on the docket for today. We'll go Las Vegas, Kansas City, Dallas, and Washington for the early games. And then we'll hit San Fran, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Tampa for the two late afternoon hammers, as we like to say. So let's get started with Las Vegas, Kansas City. Um, I've got the road teams here on the early games, so I'll talk about Vegas and the matchup for the the passing game here and the tight ends is probably the best on paper. Uh, eighth best matchup for quarterbacks, top 10 matchup for tight ends. But do we really trust Derek Carr to have a, a ceiling game? No. Uh, I don't. Yep. And we know that Kansas City really handed it to Vegas when they played back in week 10, 41 to 14. Mm. Um, and now this one's in KC and they're favored by nine and a half with a total of 48. So, you know, despite it being a, a potentially strong matchup for Carr, I just don't trust it right now. We know that the receiver group is in flux. We know that Darren Waller is out. So you could go to Foster Moreau in that good matchup. Decent price here, 4000 on DraftKings. He did disappoint last week. Only three targets caught one. So he, he's a possibility. Uh, you... Uh, mentioned your prediction on Renfro, I believe, or that was one of your predictions. He had Mm -hmm. a big game last week. Uh, He was the key target, got his 10 targets. Nobody else had more than five. Mm. So he'd be the guy to look at, I think, as a a trustworthy option, but not great numbers for wide receivers against KC. So I am actually most focused on the running game here for Vegas. If I'm going to get some exposure to this side, I'm looking at Josh Jacobs because we know that Drake is out, Jalen mm-hmm. Rashard is questionable, so it could basically be Josh's backfield, not Crash's backfield, but Josh Jacobs. All and right. I mean, he's going to be backed up by Peyton Barber most likely, mm-hmm. who yeah. really is he plays the same style of game as Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the the Kenyan Drake type, who you're really concerned about coming in, getting a bunch of receptions and stealing. A bunch of the key run, you know, running uh, attempts. So I yeah. like Josh Jacobs here. He had over 20 touches last week, and and the biggest stat is that he had nine receptions, mm-hmm. which I love. So uh, he's he's my first prediction here on this slate. He, I think he's going for 20 DraftKings points, mm-hmm. and at 6200, uh, I like that price. He, he's my key focus on this side of the ball. Okay, yeah, I
1: mean we saw you know what Javante Williams was able to do against Kansas City. And uh, it, it would make a lot of sense for, for that to be followed up with what Josh Jacobs could do. He didn't do it
0: in that first matchup, but that doesn't mean he can't. So, Exactly. So what are your thoughts here on the home team, the Chiefs?
1: So, you know, Mahomes, he had that, that huge game against the Raiders with 406 yards passing and five touchdowns. It was easily his best performance of the season, and everyone was thinking, oh, Mahomes is back, and Chiefs offense is back. And then they've played Dallas and Denver, and they haven't really been that much greater than they were before they played the Raiders. So um, he's had very below – Mahomes, you know, numbers um, in the last two games against Dallas and Denver. Uh, but I think that this is going to be another spot where he can have a nice game. Um, the Raiders have allowed the 11th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. He's projected on Pro Football Focus to be the second highest scoring quarterback on the week. Um, he'll probably be pretty popular, I would think. Uh, But with with Dallas going up against Washington and and them struggling as much as they do, I think Dak Prescott could also see quite a bit of ownership. So it'll be interesting to see who gets the most ownership at quarterback. Um, And then, of course, Travis Kelsey, they talked about it during the broadcast that night, that Sunday night, about how he has just feasted on the Raiders. Um, he had, you know, three weeks ago, he had eight catches for 119 yards on 10 targets last year. He had eight catches for 127 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. And then in the other game, eight catches for 108 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets. So he's seen a lot of targets and a lot of production. Um, Raiders have allowed the second most fantasy points to tight ends this year. And I know we don't normally pay up for tight ends, but Kelsey's definitely worth paying up for, um, as we've mentioned in previous weeks, he scored five of his six touchdowns at Arrowhead and to go ahead and give my prediction, um, my prediction will be that Travis Kelsey scores at least one touchdown and has more fantasy points than Tyreek Hill.
0: I like it. I mean, how could you not love Kelsey after that description? Yeah. So I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm um, definitely going to consider him and, and be willing to pay up at tight end for Kelsey.
1: Yep, for sure. And then in GPPs, I still have some interest in Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, he had a nice game against the Raiders, too. He had 83 yards and actually got in the end zone twice. Um, the Raiders have allowed the sixth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. So it's not as good of a matchup on that standpoint, but he's had some success against them recently. And like I said, in a GPP, I think, you know, I would, I would probably look at Tyreek um, and then Kelsey would be more of a cash play for me.
0: Yeah. And remember those two, those two touchdowns were, I, I'm going to call them kind of fluke plays, at least unique. Yeah. Could, that they were short passes to Hill. Um, Interesting routes. You know, it's not like he just hit him for two bombs like we like we know Tyreek can do. So mm-hmm. I do prefer Kelsey this week. Any interest in CEH in the backfield or or just more interested in Mahomes potentially in Kelsey?
1: Yeah, you know, we saw what Antonio, Antonio Gibson did last week against the Raiders. Um, he had 88 yards rushing against them, and he had five receptions in the passing game for 23 yards and a touchdown And I think that, you know, the Raiders, they've allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs. I haven't really decided what I'm going to do here. I feel like there's a really good options at running back on this slate, Uh, maybe some value too. So Clyde could get into my lineups, but I'm not sure if that's where I'm going to go yet.
0: All right. Excellent. Let's head to game two. You already mentioned it, Dallas and Washington, Mm -hmm. and it's also one o'clock. Dallas favored by four and a half here on the road, total uh, 48. By the way, these are both matchups of eight and four against six and six. And we're at that point in the season, Josh, aren't we? Where it's like, everybody seems to be somewhere around seven and five, six and six. So these are key games and also uh, divisional games too. also divisional games. So it's getting intense. A lot of fun. These Mm -hmm. guys haven't played yet this year. They're going to play again in week 16. But for this matchup, you mentioned Dak and I do like him here. I mean, Number one matchup for quarterbacks in Mm -hmm. fantasy points allowed against Washington. They're much better against the run. So I like Dak. He's only 6,700 on DraftKings. And my prediction in this game is that he's going to go for over his average. So he's going to get over 22 DraftKings points and be a real strong consideration, giving you over 3x return. So I like Dak. The question is, do you pair him up with anybody? And if so, who? With the receiving group, Noah Brown is out this week, so we've got uh, back to that standard, the the trio that they want. Mm -hmm. Cooper, Lamb and Gallup with Wilson as the fourth option. He's questionable with an ankle. But Cooper, we know that he's still working back from illness. Only played 34% of the snaps against New Orleans. By the way, that was the Thursday game, remember? So Dallas has the extra rest here, week and a half. So I like the Dallas side even more because of that. But... Not ready to go to Cooper. Uh, I'd like to see him be at 100% and, and go from there. But I, in the meantime, I'm going Lamb here as my primary option. We saw what Renfro did last week against Washington with those short uh, slant routes that we know Lamb can can match as Renfro went for nine, nine for 102. So I like Lamb at 7,200. You could pay up for that, that duo. Uh, and then Gallup would be the GPP option at 5,500 on DraftKings. Yeah. And with the running backs here, definitely some moving parts. We've got Pollard questionable. He's got the torn uh, plantar fascia. Uh, sounds like he's probably not going to play. But, you know, if he does, that one's too risky for me. Mm-hmm. And Zeke is too risky for me still on a on a full slate and in, in not a great matchup. He even came out and said he thinks it'll be three to four weeks before he gets to 100%. Mm. So... Uh, not going to look there. They, you know, Washington actually the, the maximum rushing yards they've given up to any back this year seventy one yards. Wow. So I, I think we fade that that mess <clears throat> in the backfield, and we go with Dak and possibly Lamb.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think the passing game for both of these games is going to be, or both of these teams, I should say, is going to be the way to go. Um, you know, I, I'm looking at Taylor Heineke on DraftKings. He's only fifty five hundred. That seems like a misprice to me. Um, he's 7,100 on FanDuel, so I don't know if I'm going to get to that. But, you know, he's he's been okay um, lately. He hasn't been performing at the level he was earlier this year. But Dallas has allowed, you know, they had the game on on Thanksgiving Day where they allowed four, almost 400 yards passing against them with Derek Carr. Um, and, and you know, I feel like this is going to be a good matchup, a good bounce-back spot for Heineke in the Washington offense. Um They've they've allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to running backs, so that's another reason why I think this is going to favor the passing game, um, and uh, obviously if we're going to look at the passing game, the first option for Washington, especially with Logan Thomas out, is going to be Terry McLaurin, um, 7,100 on FanDuel, 7,000 on DraftKings. He only saw five targets last week against the Raiders where they were relying more on the running game. So this should be a good bounce back spot for him. They've allowed the eighth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, And uh, pro football focus says that Terry McLaurin has a third best matchup advantage on the slate uh, with an 80.2 ranking against all Dallas defenders. And then um, if you want to pay down at tight end, I know we talked about earlier about paying up at tight end with Kelsey, but you could look at Seals Jones. Ricky Seals-Jones with with um, Logan Thomas out. He's only 3,600 on DraftKings, so that's really cheap. Um, Dallas has allowed the 11th most fantasy points to tight ends. And to go back to my prediction, it's for Terry McLaurin to have six-plus catches on seven-plus targets. So,
0: Yeah, good stuff. I mean, I think McLaurin is due. Uh, he's had a couple down weeks, and I do like the matchup, like you said the one cautionary tale here, Dallas's defense is getting healthier and we know they've been pretty strong lately uh, with Lawrence and Parsons and uh, mm-hmm. Diggs. So that makes me hesitate a little bit about the Washington offense. But uh, like I said, I do think McLaurin is due for a big day. Uh, so we'll see if they can get it in his hands more than, than they have. And and like you said, good, good value price on Ricky seals Jones. If you want to go there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people could go back to Antonio Gibson after his big week last week, and that could end up being a trap. So,
0: Yep, and then we'll, we'll we'll see who else is going to be out there. J.D. McKissick, questionable. Smallwood, also questionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree. I think we we take the winnings with Gibson last week, and we, we put him on hold, and we look elsewhere in the backfield. Yep, I agree. All right, well, speaking of winnings, hopefully we'll put some more together for our members. If you want to join this week, go to DFScoach.com. Sign up for whichever length of membership you'd like. You could try the five-day pass. And anything you do, you'll get all of our sports while you're in Discord. Uh, sign up Sunday morning, and uh, then we'll get you in before we give out lineups just after noon Eastern. DFSCoachTalk.com to sign up. Uh, any questions, you can find us on Twitter, at DFSCoachTalk. All right. Uh, by the way, what you'll get there is the full DraftKings clipboard with core plays and uh, other roster options to fill out your lineup, then the full cash and GPP lineups on both FanDuel and Yahoo that you can just plug and play—pretty easy. Yeah. All right, second half of our slate here—the uh, key four o'clock games. We've got San Francisco at Cincinnati at 4:25. This total 48 and a half. San Fran favored by one and a half, and you've got the road teams here on the Mm -hmm. second half of our show. So kick off the San Fran side for us.
1: Yeah. So for San Francisco, they've got some injuries they're dealing with. You've got Eli Mitchell, who was real ruled out. That's probably the biggest one. Um, They got a couple injuries on the defensive side of the ball as well. And then their backup running back Trenton Cannon is also out. So um, the other big piece of news is going to be if Debo Samuel plays. Um, If he does play, he's 8,000 on DraftKings, 8,500 on FanDuel Um, He should be heavily involved in the running game as well as the passing game, like we saw before when Mitchell was out. Um, And Cincinnati has allowed the 11th most fantasy points to wide receivers. If Samuel's out, then Ayuk would be the top wide receiver play, um, and he would be in play for me. He's only 5,800 on DraftKings. And then, obviously, if Samuel's out, then George Kittle will once again be the top Pass catching option. He's sixty nine hundred on DraftKings, seventy one hundred on Fanduel. Last week he saw a season high twelve targets. Obviously he had a huge game and made the most of that opportunity with nine catches for one hundred eighty one yards and two touchdowns. Um, Cincinnati's been a little above average this year with ranking thirteenth against tight ends. But if if Samuel's out, I think that he's just going to see Kittle will continue to see a heavy target share. And, um, especially because they've really struggled when Mitchell has been out to run the ball. So that's, that's how I feel about the passing game. If you want to go with a deep sleeper GPP play, you could look at Jamichael hasty. He's 4,000 on DraftKings. Like I said, Wilson has really struggled. He's averaged less than three yards to carry when he's been in there and Cincinnati allowed the uh, 10th most fantasy points to running back. So he could be a nice GPP option. And, um, if Samuel plays, my prediction is that he will have the most rushing yards for San Francisco. If he's out, my prediction is that Kittle will score at least one touchdown.
0: Okay, I like that prediction. Uh, it's a perfect example of how you got to adjust the game plan and and your exposure to a certain team based on a key injury like that. Um, that's an interesting one for for Debo to be the leading rusher. It certainly, mm-hmm. is possible. And Wilson, in fact, only 2.7 yards per carry. So yeah. well under three per carry. Just not good. Uh, I did play him that one week and, and was not happy. He got the big mm-hmm. volume and, and lots of touches in the red zone, but didn't get it done. Yeah. He's only 4,400 on DraftKings. So mm-hmm. this is a, a real conundrum for me uh, because he hasn't performed well. But solid matchup. We know San Fran loves to run it. Great price. So he's he's on my radar. Um could be a, a value running back on the other side of the ball to talk about. So we'll we'll just see how everything plays out with the slate. Yeah, um, Debo in general though scares me a little bit. I mean he's ultra talented, but been dealing with a groin. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think I want to spend eight thousand and up for him. Um, and I agree if he's out once again, we got to look at Ayuk and Kittle. Uh, yeah. Ayuk, you know I think it could be his turn. Only fifty eight hundred on DraftKings. Uh, he'd be the guy I probably most likely, would most like to play here mm-hmm. if, if Debo is out. Yeah. All right. On the Cincinnati side here, the home team, uh, big news here is that Joe Burrow, he's got the right pinky injury. Mm, yeah. And he says that he's adjusted his grip. Uh, that just scares me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, San Fran, we, we mentioned this stat about a week ago, I think because of that, uh, matchup with cousins, two mm-hmm. touchdowns max that they've allowed since week one. Uh, and my prediction is that Burrow will not exceed that he's going to go two touchdowns max. You know, it is a an above average, barely above average matchup for quarterbacks. And his mm-hmm. price tag is good for him at 6,000. I, I just don't trust the adjusted grip. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, he's an athlete. He could get it done, but I'd, I'd rather go elsewhere. Um, Maybe I'll get to one of his receivers. Uh, The guys on the outside have done well against San Fran. Guys like uh, Devontae, Hop, Pittman. So Higgins and Chase are in play. We know that Higgins has been much better recently than Chase. Mm -hmm. And he's cheaper. Uh, Awesome uh, matchup rating on PFF. 94.2 for Higgins. Yeah. You know, can it be another week, though, that he gets the touchdown and the big catch numbers? possible um you know tough to to really count on it though Mm -hmm. so i'm i'm sort of on the fence there and then with the backfield big question mark with mixon questionable with the illness hasn't been practicing does he get out there it's a good matchup top 10 for running backs he's expensive though at 7700 on DraftKings. if he's out then this is the guy that i was mentioning here uh, samaj ap ryan 4200 He has been much better on the season than Wilson. He's averaged 4.4 yards per carry when he's been out there. So there's a guy to keep in mind uh, as we track the news. And we'll see if we get it early enough with this being a late game. And we're recording this on Saturday afternoon. So we're about 24 hours ahead of time. Right. Um, But things kind of up in the air for me on Cincinnati, possibly Higgins, possibly P Ryan. Yeah. Anything different for you there?
1: Um, No, I was, I was looking at, Probably Higgins um, would be my top play for the Bengals. I just don't think that Chase has been consistent enough for me. Um, in a GPP, you could go to Chase, but for a cash play, I would definitely lean towards Higgins. He's just been more reliable.
0: So, excellent. All right, last game of the show today. It's the highest total on the board. Buffalo and Tampa, fifty-three and a half, and Tampa favored by three and a half at home. You've got the road team here, the Bills. What are your thoughts there?
1: You said 53-and-a-half for the over-under? Yeah, that that seems a little high to me, honestly, but we'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, I think that Stefan Diggs, you know, there there are going to be plenty of opportunities for him. Um, We've seen some of the top wide receivers that have gone up against Tampa. They haven't faced the best quality wide receivers this year, if you look at who they've faced. But Russell Gage had 11 catches for 130 yards. Cooper Cup had nine for 96 and two touchdowns. And then Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb both had good games against them in the opener. Cooper had 13 for 139 and two touchdowns. Lamb had seven for 104 and a touchdown. So Diggs is definitely more than capable of putting up those kind of numbers. Um, And, uh, you know, it should be a nice week for him to bounce back and and probably find the end zone once again. My prediction for him is that he has 75-plus receiving yards in this game and scores a touchdown. Um, the other option for me, and, and I don't feel like there's a lot for Buffalo in this game, but Dawson Knox is 5,000 on DraftKings. Tampa has allowed the 10th most fantasy points to tight ends. You know, two weeks ago, they allowed Jack Doyle to kind of get loose a little bit. He had six, you know, catches for 81 yards and a touchdown. And Knox has been a top 10 tight end this year in fantasy. Um, this should be a good bounce back spot for him after facing the tough Patriots defense.
0: Yeah, I think it's worth considering one of these pass catchers. Diggs, obviously the the number one target. I'll just uh, add in on on uh, Beasley as a potential GPP play. A couple of those guys you mentioned that have big games like Gage, and that's the type of role that Beasley can can carve out. He's mm-hmm. he has had a bunch of low volume games, but they do seem to game plan occasionally with him. I think this could be that type of week. I just wish he was less than five thousand on DraftKings. You know, yeah. the times I like to target Beasley, he's high three K or in the four K range. Right. Definitely a a GPP option there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Any interest in Josh Allen or, or the running backs?
1: Um, I'm probably not looking at Josh Allen for his price. I would rather lean towards the, you know, Dak Prescott's Patrick Mahomes of the world. And then the running backs, they got that three-back split now, basically, between Singletary Moss and Breida, and I just don't want to touch that. And Tampa's just so tough against the run anyway. So
0: Exactly. Yeah, zero interest in the running backs for me uh, because of those factors. Josh Allen, uh, he's got my prediction in this game. I think he's going for over 300 yards passing. I think Mm -hmm. they do need to pass it, and they'll want to pass it. They're not going to want to use those running backs. Uh, And, you know, remember, we saw in that crazy game against New England – where New England passed it three times and Buffalo threw it 30 times. So 10 times as much in those terrible conditions. Mm -hmm. It just reinforces that they want to throw it. They want the ball in Josh Allen's hands. Yeah, And this is a top 10 matchup for quarterbacks. So I think he's going to chuck it a bunch uh, and get over 300 yards. Yeah.
1: You talk about an extreme change in environments going from that to Tampa.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Likely 80 degrees and – yeah. So much um, different. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about that uh, Tampa Bay <laughs> side. They'll be they'll be ready and used to that uh, nice Florida sun. And uh, AB still out. Big news there, of course. Uh, Richard Sherman is back in to help bolster that secondary that's been getting healthier. Now, tough matchups here for Tampa. Again, it sort of plays into probably what you were saying about fifty three and a half seems a little bit high here. I don't know how they're going to get there. We know we have terrific players all over the field, you know, including on offense, but yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be easy. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to Tom Brady. It's the number one most difficult matchup for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. The the receivers, number one, most difficult. Um, if you look at the running backs, that's the okay matchup mm-hmm. um, sort of middle of the road. And we saw new England run for 222 yards against Buffalo Obviously, that was that unique game situation where they just decided right. to run it almost every down. Mm-hmm. But we know that that's been the one little chink in the armor for Buffalo recently, right? Indianapolis yeah. had the huge rushing game. Uh, Tennessee got it done against them earlier. So Fournette for is probably my favorite target on Tampa. He is expensive at 7,400. But I really like how he continues to be involved in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Uh, seven catches in that last game against Atlanta. Um, and that reminds me, actually, Josh, my, one of my favorite stats from the week last week, Tampa Bay started that game with 14 straight passes. Hmm. So once again, great reminder how important it is to try to predict game flow, strategy, and matchups. And sometimes teams are smart like that, and they'll just yeah. try to you know, either go to their strengths or avoid a weakness. And this game, I think, is, is a perfect example where you look at that. And Fournette, I think, will be uh, you know more involved. And on that, again, on that flip side, that's why I think Buffalo is just gonna they're just gonna pass it. They're gonna get it in Allen's hands. Mm-hmm. He's gonna chuck it. So uh, Fournette, probably my favorite play on Tampa. Evans and Godwin have actually the same matchup rating on PFF. Evans is a little bit cheaper. Uh, maybe it's his turn after Godwin had all those targets and 15 catches last week. And Gronk. You know has really been strong but mm-hmm. can he do it again i'm gonna say i'm not willing to go there so fournette or possibly evans
1: yeah yeah fournette was the first one of the first players i put in into my cash lineup when i did my first build so definitely like fournette
0: okay all right anything else on this game or the slate are we ready to uh start our recording on the primetime podcast which is coming up later this yeah. weekend yeah i think
1: we're we're about ready to transition into the to the next one so
0: all right, great. Well, hopefully that helps everybody You know, break down those t- four highest totals on the board, key games this week. Appreciate everybody's support. Uh, we will have that uh, primetime podcast out later this weekend, to get you ready for Sunday night and Monday night and those showdown slates. But uh, good luck on the main slate. Jump in with us at DFSCoachTalk.com if you want to play our lineups. And we look forward to seeing you on the next NFL podcast uh, NBA coming seven days a week, of course. Josh was on today with Coach, and we've got Omaha Joe tomorrow, so make sure to check that out uh, as we uh, bring some different options to you in, in NBA. All right, on behalf of Josh Crash Davis and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.